Welcome to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. Here are your hosts, Jared and Zach. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. It is your host, Zach, and always with me is... Christmas time is here! Yes, Christmas time is our <laughs> special guest for this episode, Christmas, how's it feeling? Uh, it's feeling good. I've just been singing instead of reading the Frosty the Snowman book okay. with Elijah, or no, my youngest son, Briggs. And so Christmas songs are just kind of in my head right now. Okay, gotcha. So that was kind of weird, but I'm kind of weird. No, it's okay. <laughs> Jared, it's really nice to have you on, as always. Uh, so have me on. This is our show, Zach. This I've, is our show. Welcome to Zach's Puzzling Company. You're home for at-home puzzling mystery. No, uh, we've joked recently about company puzzling, Zach's rogue yes. podcast. Company puzzling is exciting. The stocks for them are booming right now. We're uh, very excited to have that launch. Uh, but no, Jared, it's always nice to be here with you, you as we always are. Uh, yes. I can't wait for someone to not be here and we just go, <laughs> and it's me with myself. And Solo Orson. episodes are the worst. They, they definitely are. Hard pass. Um, this week's episode is Odes Unboxed. This is unlike anything we've ever played before. Yes, it is very unique. It is made by an amazing person. And these experiences are not the normal games we play. Yes, they're not. So if you want to hear more about this, which I do, we've specifically saved this to be our last episode before we do our year-end wrap-up. It's on purpose. This is something special. Hang around with us to find out why. Zach, Zach, what's up? Ever since we've gotten back from Boston, you've been spacey and some weird things with your voice have been going on. Okay, I go to get some donkeys and I bang a Yui and you're acting all weird now with me? That's exactly what I'm talking about. All of a sudden you have like this Southern Bostonian accent and I don't think that you're aware that you're doing it. I've always talked like this. No, no, you haven't. And okay, let, let's, let's try something. I'm going to remind you of something that you did before Boston, like ask you a little trivia. Do you remember what the first murder mystery game on the podcast that we did? I remember some game that we did that was about Harvard. Was it about that? No. Okay. You remember anything else? Do you know what state that the murder happened? Yeah, it in? happened in Florida. Oh, are you talking about like the lovely city murder that happened? Yes. Like the killing affairs? That's game? what I'm talking about. But now you're not, now you're talking normal. Yeah. What do you mean? Okay, uh, tell me what you liked about The Killing Affair. Oh, it's a really great game. It's like a murder mystery. It's episodic. You have to kind of figure out what happened on that day. It's a cold case as well. Um, but over, I think, five or six episodes, you get to complete it. Really fun game. And I know that at akillingaffair.com, they have other games as well. And I think they currently have a Jigsaw one that they just created. So really excited to see that. So you remember all of that. But if I told you maybe that the next game that we were going to play was about the New York Yankees, you would say... Oh, screw the Yankees. Go Sox. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company. We are now here in the first section of the show. In this section, we get to talk about the game itself. This is like Jared and I's favorite part where we get to kind of discuss the game. We get to talk about likes for it, the room for improvements, things that 
are important to the information or getting of the game. Just kind of an overall good section where we get to talk about our feelings. We are also in the Escape Mail studio. Yes, we are. uh, If you are looking for a great Christmas stocking stuffer, you can get some Escape Mail games. They are great and can fit right in that little stocking for you guys. Escape Mail is a gateway drug. And okay, and it's a good one. This is the never mind. We're not going to make the analogies. Like, this is the marijuana too. <laughs> That's just what the I crack was cocaine that is our, just, our the great at home mystery. Yes, experience. it's true. But it, I, I, we always talk about like I'm always looking for games that can like help people who are first time players. That's yes. escape mail. You won't yes. go wrong with it. As it's a great affordable stocking stuffer that will intrigue most people. Agreed. Yeah. So. Jared, with Odes Unboxed, we made it very clear in our intro that this is a very unique game compared to most that we've ever played before. Would you like to tell people a little bit about what Odes Unboxed is, if you can? So, spoiler alert, we're going to spend the middle section talking about a lot of this, so I'm not going to go too in-depth. Okay. But on a base level, it is a game that is a single one-off game. A game will never be made like this again for you. And... What usually happens is one or more people get together. If you look at some of the other examples of Odes Unbox, it's like a special gift for an anniversary. So it is this highly, highly specialized gift that the creator puts an amazing amount of time in. Interviews, people. Again, we're going to talk way more in depth about the process that we went through to get to the game that we did. But golly, man, like, wow. Like, just wow, 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 wow. The process alone to even receive the game. And that's what we're going to dote on. And we have a lot to dote on in this game because it's so special. It is. So, Zach, why don't you uh, let's lean in heavily to what we're already excited to talk about today. And maybe I should say this. What's not to love about this game and this individual? But what did you like? (laughs) Yeah, so... There were a lot of things we liked about our experience with Odes Unboxed. I would say the first thing for anyone, but specifically the way we felt um, that we liked was the personalization of the experience. As we are going to talk about way more in our second section, there is a long process that goes through this to get the game that we got. It is personalized to us and what we were looking for. We had interviews kind of discussing the process of what we were looking for from this experience, what we liked about it, you know, being very frank and telling a little bit about our game, it was about Jared and I. We were given an offer kind of like what we wanted to do in terms of the game, and we made it about Jared and I's relationship as friends, mentor, my boss. Stop. It, you know, <laughs> Boo, we're going to start crying on the no, podcast. <laughs> how Jared has been very important to me in my, in my six and a half, almost seven years, and how Jared feels about me and being important in his life for the last six to seven years. So it was really awesome to get this experience and realize how personalized it was. There were things in it that were very personalized in terms of things that we had discussed with the creator uh, and things very personal. Yes. Things that we liked. So I'm not going to spoil too much of the the name of the game yet, but uh, there is an animal is in the game that is very important to me and, and something I very much enjoy. And Jared likes it a little bit too, so it's also nice that he likes that uh, animal as well. But it was very enjoyable to see how personalized it was, and it felt like this game was made for us. And one of the things talking to the creator a little bit about as well is that these games are made for people 
a hundred percent for them. And, yeah. and, 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 it, and you can feel it. Like it was nothing felt better than feeling like I was seen or that I'm known. Like, yeah. Or her, her. I was going to say, listen to yes. Like, cause you think personalization, you're like, Oh, I got my name on a pillow. This is not that. Oh no. This is like, let me like tear your heart open and peer into your soul. And while you're playing puzzle things that you like to enjoy, it's kind of morphing into our second point here. It's not just a game. Like we've talked about keepsakes a lot on this season of the show. This is the keepsake. Yes. The keepsake, not a keepsake, the keepsake, because I told Zach to keep ours because I went behind his back a little bit and made it more so about him than about me. And I did that on purpose. Yes. Uh, Cause I care about this individual and I wanted it to be special. Oh gosh. And, and, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and, uh, but I know that it was something he'll keep for the rest of his life. Like when he moves True. to another apartment, to a new house, this is not getting chunked in the garbage. True. And that is the other part of this is you are going to revisit this. Mm-hmm. I, we haven't even gotten to talking about like what you get at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. We're going to d- divulge more into that into the little minute. And and it's hard because we're going to tell you about our experience in the middle section of the day. It's going to be very different. Yes. Like, and that's what's so cool about this is I imagine puzzle material is borrowed here and there, right? All puzzle materials borrowed conceptually, sure. but it's just a standalone amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that you get to not only play it, but then keep it and revisit it. Hmm. It just really is uh, special. I yes. said it at the beginning, and it's personal, and I just 100% agree with you. The creator does an amazing job of not only making you feel that he's seen and known and heard you, but that the people that are involved in the game are seen and known and heard by each other. Yes. That's hard to do. Yeah, very difficult. That's very hard to do because that the creator is not part of that relationship and yet it feels like they are. It's crazy. This whole thing is crazy. (sighs) It's just, I'm, I have a note and a picture over on my desk right now. Zach, I think has up his, in his room. Yep. And that's really the third thing that we love about this game is as we try not to weep bitterly on the podcast, which is okay if we did, the emotional involvement that comes with this game is powerful. Yep. And it's poignant because mm-hmm. they're touching on things that only you would know about. The emotional involvement in this game is very high. As we've talked about, and Jared is starting to get emotional, uh, it's, it means a lot. I mean, it is very much a very emotional game to give context of our experience. And like, so we'll go more detail later, but I think it's good for people to know. This game was about a relationship. Jared did go behind my back, and I learned at the end of the game <laughs> that it was more about me than it was about an equal of me and him. But it was really special because, you know, on terms of the, like, personalization and the keepsakes, but you just, you knew how much emotion was put into it, like, from the creator and ourselves. Big emotional part that happened, other than some tie-ins to the story and narrative that we found really cool. And, I mean, I loved the narrative of this game and kind of how they made this experience an actual game that you could play, but it it was tied to us in our own way. And we can look at the story and put ourselves into it. Yes. The emotional part that came in at the big kicker at the end is that Josh, I'm going to say his name had us write letters to each other for the experience. And Mm. so 
we both wrote a letter to each other saying why we loved them and how they've impacted us in the last six to seven years and in the time we've known each other. And basically anything we wanted to say to them was what it was. And so we both wrote a letter. We both knew nothing about it in terms of what we wrote for each other. And then when we played the game, we played through it. It was really cool. The narrative was fun to give you kind of an idea what it was about because I love talking about this part of the game is that it is about a bear who is a cub trying to grow up. His name is Ted and he is basically exploring and he becomes essentially part of a pirate crew and he is trying to find his way in the world. If you've ever seen the movie Treasure Planet, I'm not saying the narrative is that. However, it's pretty close uh, and is a movie that I love. So it, it did play a little bit into it. There is a, a captain uh, called Captain Ag who plays into the experience and gives his like advice to Ted and his adventures and making him become the person he wants to be and give him the freedom and the reins to have his own ship and sail the seas and do what he wants in life. And some really cool emotional quotes, uh, one from Treasure Planet, which uh, was a puzzle which I really liked. It kind of devolves, and then at the end, Ag gives him the freedom and kind of tells him, like, you're, you're on your way. Now you can go, and I hope I get to see you uh, shine amongst the stars. Yeah. And we complete the game, and one of the last things it asks, I'm going to spoil the meta because it's for us. No one else is going to play our experience. It's true. Is that... Throughout the experience, we were creating a jigsaw puzzle, which Jared loves. So I was very happy he got I the build. I do it. love jigsaw puzzles. Um, we were getting words, essentially, from the different puzzles we were doing. So um, words that are important to us in terms of describing maybe something that we said about ourselves or our relationship between each other. It was interesting because it's like, these are a lot of interesting words. And I'm like, and then the fun part for us, and which we'll talk about this more later, is like, did Jared say something about this in his yeah. talk? Who said this word? I say <laughs> who this? said this word? Who, who made this like relevant quote to this? And so you keep doing it and you get to the end and we realized that the jigsaw pieces were making themselves into a bear, like B E A R. Mm -hmm. And, um, the last question for the final puzzle is essentially how would you, it was basically what is a word that describes your relationship with each other? And it was really weird because, you know, we made this bear and there's a lot of bear stuff in the game, obviously with Ted, which funny enough, I'm going to be very honest. I did not know that Ted was a bear until the very end, which it will make more sense why. But uh, you make a bear. Spoilers for Spoiler, our game. Spoiler for our game, man. You guys get don't get to play it. Unlucky. Um, but you, you you realize that. And so when you make the bear, you're like, okay, well, what, what word am I supposed to give from this? And so you realize the word is bear, but not B-E-A-R. It is a B-A-R-E. And it was really cool. And so after that, when you complete the final puzzle, we were given, there was a thing at the bottom of the box that was like, here's your gifts. You can read these letters now. And so uh, I'm not going to go into full details. Uh, that's for me and Jared. True. But they were very emotional. Uh, it was really cool to read um, what Jared had to say to me. And I know I got Jared to cry, so I know mine worked. So booyah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I know if there's was, a winner in our game, it's Zach. <laughs> correct. I did win. Um, and, I, and I think one of the cool things about the podcast, and I, and I might rant a little bit here, but I think it's important and I, I think people will realize very quickly if they've listened to any of our episodes, and especially this one, I think sometimes when you meet people who do podcasts or shows and stuff like that, you're not sure how close they actually are. You know, like, you're like, oh, I could see them being friends, but they might not be as friendly as you think they are. And I want you guys to know that I do love Jared a lot. He's meant a lot to me, and it was really cool to have this experience. But I think being very honest with you guys about the experience and telling you guys, like, hey, like, I'm not just doing this to do it with Jared because, you know, like he's forcing me to mind you, there's a gun over there in the corner, but no, I'm kidding. put your shackles back on. Yes, sir. Uh, so, but it's, 
it's been an honor to get to know Jared as much as I have and to get to play this game and get to explain the like, relation we had with the puzzles and the emotional involvement and get to tell him like, hey, Jared, I've told you all these things before, but now I'm going to like fully just say all of it to you. And he gets to read it and see that. And then the big other big keepsake we got from the end of the experience, which I found awesome. Yeah, it's, it's hanging up in my wall sick. Uh, in my room is uh, it's a poster of a bear riding a pirate ship. And it says the word bear and it says the production bear and it, it's like a movie poster. Yeah, it's like a movie poster. And uh, Josh did an awesome job with it. And it was really cool to have that at the end and go like, wow, that was awesome. And then, and then the other part too, just in general with this experience, or if you guys decide to ever do any experience like this with Odes Unboxed, is the after talk was crazy. Because most after talks with experiences we have obviously are more objective. Yeah. And this one, mind you, is was objective. Not, yeah, but it's... It, but it was not as objective as you think it would be. Yeah. We were very much more talking about the emotional impact of it, but also like what we really liked about it and how it made us feel. Cause this isn't a normal game. Mind you, there are puzzles and you know, we could critique some of those things and I'll be very frank with you. And this is kind of a room for improvement, but I'm not, we're not going down that section in terms of like very frankly saying like, this is what was bad about it. This game Josh made for us in a time period. And it was phenomenally well done. And, you know, maybe it, it is puzzle game. So, you know, there are puzzles and there are things to good unlock. Puzzles. Like good puzzles. You know, they, some of the things aren't the most highest quality thing you've ever seen in your right. existence. There's nothing in here that was like, that's the most mind-blowing puzzle or mechanic that I've ever seen. However, as we've talked on the show, you can, if you impact the game and in other categories or ways to amplify your experience people will forgive or completely not even notice yep. those things. And one of the things this game does more than anything is make such an emotional and important impact on your experience and in, in your life. Cause I feel like this yeah. is very important for us in terms of our life that we could look at it and go like, Oh, well I, like I literally didn't even think about like the, like the quality of that paper. Like even if there was that, you know, and even, and a lot of the stuff is really great, but you're like, you know, like, Oh, that piece of paper, like, ah, you know, in another game, I'm like, if there's not that much emotional or uh, personalization to it, you're like, Oh, that's a piece of paper. That's kind of, I could maybe judge a little bit. This game I was like, I didn't even think about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm having more fun thinking about like the emotional impact that I had with this or like yeah, getting well, to see how Jared felt about things and, you know, like trying to solve the mystery that was our experience. It's probably been a month since we played the game. Yes. And only recently have we sit down and talked about a room for improvement section. Yes. Because there just wasn't a whole lot of objectivity to how we were feeling anytime after that. And honestly, life just happening. Yes. Which please tune into our next episode, our year end wrap up. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about a lot. Yes. Very excited about that episode too. But in terms of room for improvements, we just have one. And it's as objective as we can be looking mm -hmm. back at that experience, which is about us. So yep. take it or leave it. We want to frame out another aspect of this game. Mm -hmm. One other thing I'll throw in there that we didn't talk about amazing tiered hint system for a single game. Oh, like this game was just made for us and it was uber detailed. Yes. Hint system. So shout out to the creator for that as well. But the only thing that we felt like is the mechanic from getting to puzzle to puzzle, mm. it was repetitive. Yes. And I think there's more room as a designer to switch things up. And it's hard to say because I can't go play somebody else's puzzle game. And yes. it may be very varied, but for ours, we did move lock to lock to lock to lock. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to know what we were working towards. But that's the only part of the game that if we looked back at it objectively and said, 
If one thing could change, I would probably change that. Yeah, that was really the only thing was the lock-to-lock experience. And, it, and like I said, we knew what was coming, and that was great, and it made sense in terms it of... It flowed. Also, it made sense, and it also made sense very clearly in the story of the experience, because you're kind of spoiling it, because no one's going to play this game. We needed words. Yes. And it made very much a lot of sense what the... War, like, so yes. word locks needed to be important to it, Yes. but it was purely locks. Yeah. In terms of opening up mechanisms. And again... That may not be true and probably isn't true. I've seen pictures of other games. Yes. I don't think it's always the case, but for us, that's it. The other thing that we wanted to talk about is we're always mindful as people who are promoting these games, what it actually costs to -hmm. get into a game like this and not sugarcoating it. This will be the most expensive experience that you can do if you choose to go down this road. Yes. I think the only things that I've seen that rival this are Codex Selendia. But I'm not going to advocate against that. Yeah. Because you should pay a premium for a gift of this level of detail and care and intimacy that is one of a kind. Yes. So go look at the prices. I'm not going to sit out here and spout numbers, but I would encourage you to go look at the price breakdown. And then I also encourage you to have a conversation with the creator because the creator is very involved in this process and I will just say have a conversation with them and go from there in terms of what the pricing looks like. Yes. Very forthright. We are paying out of our pocket for this experience mm-hmm. because of the level that the creator did it to it for us. And yes. I don't, and looking at that, I don't have a problem with that. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Cause you're, you're literally paying for something that you will want to keep for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And if I, and I would challenge you to go through your budget this year as we're at the end of the year and think about how many things you're keeping for the rest of your life that you paid for this year. Yeah. I really would because I'm not going, again, I'm not sugarcoating it. This is not inexpensive. I would say it is very expensive. Yes. And you may, I don't, everybody's in a different financial situation. I understand that. To me, knowing what we got on the back end, I would do it again. I would. Yeah. Like I 100% would. You might have to save up for it, but in order to produce something of this quality, again, of this personalization with these keepsakes, this is the unforgettable game for me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, again, now we always, Zach and I are always having conversations, like what's the best game you've ever played? This is the most unforgettable game, for right? Sure. That, that I think you will ever play because it's just so impactful. Mm-hmm. It changes the conversation. It lets you, you can give somebody a, an off the box game that mm-hmm. says, oh, I know you and I love you. You will not be able to give them one like this. So this episode is releasing a little bit later than we wanted to, or some people may be able to try. I'm pretty sure Josh, the creator, already has a wait list for this. Save up for this Mm -hmm. and do this for an anniversary, a Christmas gift, a birthday gift. It will never be forgotten. Yep. I don't think, unless the relationship sours. And then that's that's unfortunate. But in terms of just like, wow, like Mm -hmm. this is awesome. This is a truly special, awesome experience. Imagine someone making um, a board game, an escape room, but not just like I wrote a note to you on a jigsaw puzzle that I bought at Walmart, but like went for it. Yeah. Like went for it. That's this game. Check it out. We'll have more details in the show notes. When we come back, we're going to be diving deeper into this style of game. We'll be right back with you. Solve puzzles, write reviews, win prizes. It's time for Puzzles to the People. Hey, I just got back from the mail. Looks like we've got a new game to play. Oh, really? What is it? It's the new Escape the Crate game. Oh, I've been excited about this one. 
I'm personally a little confused. Okay. The title on the box just says Hood Unit. Okay, can you spell that? W-H-O-D-U-N-I-T. Oh, it's Who Done It, Jared. Yeah, in the new Escape the Crate game, it's the Escape Who Done It. It's like a classic murder mystery, but with a twist ending. I mean, agree to disagree on pronunciation, and by the way, it's twist, not twist. Okay. But what you can do is go over to Escape Dash the dash crate.com and use code puzzling co puzzling co all one word and you'll get 25% off your first subscription order or any single retired box that they have welcome back to puzzling company we are in this section of the show called puzzles to the people and as always we talk about something that is adjacent to this game and what we're going to do now is kind of open up the experience a little bit more. We've already talked about a good amount of it. And then also talk about the pros, cons, enjoys, likes of this type of experience, right? Mm -hmm. This is in a category all of its own, in my opinion, right? It is a tabletop game. Yes. The only digital aspect of this experience was the hint system. Mm -hmm. But the notion of making a one-off experience in the continuum of what we see as you know, reviewers of these type of games is very different, mm. right? Because you have to think on one end, we could talk about, you know, and we've had the creators on of Exit, of Unlocked. And those are your uh, mass produced, probably a million people will eventually play those games. Yep. And that's one thing. And then you go to the complete other end of the spectrum and you have, I'm very intentionally making this one game that will never be replicated for this group or these individuals. How, what do we do with that? I like I a question mark, Zach, like what do you do with that? What does that mean? In terms of like looking at it from a, like a, a marketing or a, like a, a perspective of structure of the game or how you would produce it. It is very interesting. Cause I feel like in the at home space, most of the games we've played are on the lower end. Mind you, they're making it for more people, but it's still like smaller scale when you think about it versus mass market. Agree. Right. You know, you get a few hundred, maybe a few thousand people playing your game. That's awesome. You know, some people it might be like for the, you know, the secret Santa groups that they do for, you know, for the puzzle people group, it's, you know, you send it to one other person, they test it and that stuff's awesome. And for this experience, in terms of the structure and how it works, I think it's perfect the way it is. I don't think in terms of like a an idea of trying to make this game more accessible or changing anything like that. I think the point of this experience and why it's so different but crazy when you look at it compared to other games is that you are making one experience for that that group of people or that person or and you kind of go like, that's it. That's that's it. There's no other that's person my, playing That's it. my audience. That's your audience. I'm going for... I'm going for Jared and Zach, and that's that's it. And I'm not really looking for anyone else when it comes to that experience. And one of the the amazing things I feel like I learned from the creator after all this process, and I think anyone could learn very quickly from meeting this individual, is that they are very big on letting people know that they are human and that they're seen. And it's one of the things we brought up in the first section in terms of kind of like the whole idea of the emotional tie and the personalization but it's, you know, for this individual, mind you, you know, if you think about money wise, you'd love it to hit more people, but you can clearly tell that he cares about the people that work with him so much that 
that's all he wants. He wants like those people to be seen and to be known and he can be a part of that relationship and let them experience something that they will never forget. And I, that's like crazy thing about on a marketing standard or like a business one. You're like, but you know, Jared, we could, you know, or go, you go into the creator and be like, Hey, you could create this and make it more mass market and hit, right. you know, hundreds of people right. and make it really, you know, a, a more, a cheaper experience to Absolutely. produce. Start hiring a bunch of creators to make personal experiences. But I think that's what loses all of it. Yeah. Like the, what made this so special or, um, and we love saying the word special for this experience. What makes this, it so special, honestly, is that, you know, that the creator did this himself. Like, he made this. You know, he intentionally listened to everything we said. The fingerprints are all over it. Yeah, his fingerprints are literally all over the experience. And you can tell, like, how intently they made the game so that you could play this experience and do what you want with it, but also get the emotional tie-in of us and what we learned from the experience and how we could throw ourselves into it. And that was one of the cooler parts about two that I learned about the experience is that this game, realistically, if, if I reset a lot of it, someone could play this. In terms of the story and how the like yep. puzzle goes, yep. mind you, you wouldn't get all the context of all the like Easter egg stuff or the Fair. things that are more meant for Jared and I. But you know, I could see elements of how this could be reproduced on a more on a bigger level. But like I said, the point of it is that I definitely would not have the same feeling about this game if Jared went. I got this from. I'm not saying anything bad about these companies. I'm just saying in terms of a mass market right. thing. It's sure. Like, I'm getting you a personalized unlocked thing. And it's literally, like you said, it's like, it just says to Zach. And then there's maybe some minor changes in terms of narrative or and it's still really cool and thoughtful. So I don't want to say that's like a bad gift, but like it, this experience was so wonderful because it was so like almost, I'm going to call it mom and pop, like small business. Yeah. It, I knew I get that. all the people involved put everything they could into it. Yeah. Like, the creator put everything they could put involved with it. And I know from the the steps of the process we went through, Jared and I both put everything we thought of into it. Absolutely. And it is, it's just a it's just a strange intersection because prior to this, you know, the smallest, and I mean smallest in terms of probably audience reached, is some of those folks that you see on Kickstarter that, you know, didn't get the, you know, the million dollar campaign, mm-hmm. um, but were still passionate enough and emboldened enough to put their product out there. Yes. And I want that person on the show every bit as much as I want, you know, the Hunt a Killer yeah. that's making tens of millions of dollars a month True, off, their, off their product. Like they deserve to be equally spoken about. But I just wasn't prepared. And I think I even double took the first time and I was like, you're just doing this one off. Like you're not in a hurry. There's uh, it, clearly the cost of what it costs to do something, but like you're not becoming a millionaire off of this concept, nope. off of making individual puzzle games for individuals. And that's just super fascinating to me because because it's not you know some type of money printing machine. The gold for the creator, like you said, is very much getting to know people and getting to almost be like a fly on a wall in their experience, a welcome fly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's just really, really unique. The other interesting part about this is we haven't told the story of how we got to know Josh. (laughs) That's very true. Yes. Which I wanted to talk a little bit about this, but if you know me, I will talk to you no matter what. Jared is very social. I will make a conversation with a TV screen. I am that person that you fear on the plane flight 
from the Atlantic Ocean, from the U.S. to Europe, that is going to get to know your life story by the end of it. Not wrong. Whether you're whether you like that or not, headphones or not, I'm not deterred <laughs> to try. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking. To you, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I will talk to you. So. Zach and I, we've talked about this. We were at Recon. We absolutely had a lovely time. I believe we were waiting for one of the second day, or no, it was the first day. The first day of, of presentations. First day of presentations. We were just sitting down. We were chatting with some folks, some friends from ours. And then I, I just can't help it. An individual sits two seats down from me. And I looked to my left and I said, hey, what? Hey, I'm Jared. Uh, what's your name? And he said, oh, hey, I'm Josh. And this was like literally minutes before David and Lisa. I think we're gonna I think talking. it was David and Lisa's talk and we exchanged information and he ex- briefly explained to me what you do. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we have this podcast. Like this is really cool. You should come on to it. He's like, yeah, let's talk more. And that was it. Like, and then from there it was a lot of like that simple meeting sparked one of the coolest experiences. Yes. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, this guy's made for our show. Like how cool that we get to do the, you know, in terms of audience, like the smallest of the small, like, I don't know how you make, Unless you're like the guy that makes a game for yourself and then we can't really review that. Yeah. You know, that experience. Sure. It was bringing like minds together and just a simple conversation. And now I'm hoping that so many people pick this experience up. Yes. Because you'll never get one like it again. Yep. Right. It is the, the most unique thing you'll ever pick up. But I just always thought that was so cool. It was like you were sitting next to us at a conference. Mind you, yes, you might find someone like that. You find people like us at the conference we went to, but yes. I just always thought it was just cool and that Josh was so willing to become a participant Yes, in this. It was really an honor to get to meet him. It was, like I said, it was funny just sitting next to someone you don't know and you're just like, hey, uh, what's up? And then next thing you know, we get, uh, we get Bear. We get Bear. Zach- also, not a big deal, but we do own the limited edition Bear one of one. One of so, one, yes. Uh, Incre- can't take it from me. Sorry. Increasing in value daily. True. Talk, Zach, I want you to talk us through a little bit of the process. Okay. Because this is the other thing we haven't talked about. This game did not take us long to get through. 60, 75 minutes, cry breaks thrown in. But the process to get us to that point was longer oh, yes. than it took to play the game, mm-hmm. which is the most case, right? Yeah. We've been building our escape room for so long and people long come time. through it at an hour at a time. Like you're yeah. going to, that, that is the nature of any type of creation. Talk us through a little bit about what that process was like and maybe how it impacted you. Yeah. So there's a lot to this, but in the main part obviously was that Jared and I had gotten in contact with Josh about doing an experience like this and kind of getting them on the show. And kind of after that, you know, Josh is kind of giving some information about what we're kind of they're looking for from this and what we're kind of expected of if we were going to do it. And it was really cool. And we were kind of talking about it. And then, you know, we had a little bit of a break. Josh was getting everything set up and um, Josh kind of messaged us both and was like, Hey, when can I talk to you? Like, and then kind of explain the process of like, I'm going to talk to you one-on-one. You're going to kind of, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and let you just talk, you know, and it's kind of like a, a place for the creator to get to listen to you and kind of ask what you're kind of, you know, cause you also will give them some context, the creator about like, like what you're trying to make the experience about. So for us, we knew it was about Jared and I. So basically it became like a talking session of Jared asked or not Jared. Uh, Josh asked me some questions about Jared and about myself and kind of just was almost like a therapist. Just kind of sat there and was yeah. like, I'm gonna let you literally talk as much as you want. I'm just gonna take notes. And you're like, okay. So we, you know, the first time we had our conversation, I think, I don't know how long Jared's went, but mine was like an hour and a half. It was long. It was very long. And it was essentially just, 
I'm going to tell Josh, who I met at a conference, my whole life story and be very <laughs> yeah. open to him. And it was so funny because I was like, I've met Josh for a little bit, but I feel like with how he is, and I think this is one of the coolest parts about this creator, is that you can tell how much he, they genuinely care about people and the experience they want to make that you don't feel judged or like, no. or that you need to worry about what you say. Mind you, obviously your own feeling and how you feel, you should, and he's very clear about that too. Like you don't have to say anything you don't want to. Right. However, they are very understanding and want to hear your story. So, you know, at first I was kind of a little hesitant in terms of what I wanted to tell them, but then I very quickly was like, oh, I'll just tell them everything. It's going to make the experience better as well as like, in the last few months and year or two, I've definitely have grown in a lot of ways for myself and have wanted to kind of work on some things I struggle with. And one of those was my emotions. So I'm a big advocate of telling everyone how I feel now as much as I can. Mind you, some of it I, I hide a little bit still. And that's hard. But generally, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to tell them everything. I'm going to be not TMI, but I'm literally going to tell them as much as I possibly can. That is important. So, you know, like I said, ask questions about me. And I told them basically my life story and kind of things that I've noticed about my life and what, especially in the last few years in terms of meeting Jared in the last six, almost seven years, as well as kind of specifically in the last few, how that's impacted me and how I've improved and changed and what that meant to me. And then probably the same for Jared. Jared, I don't want to speak for Jared, but, uh, you know. Probably- it was mostly meaningless. Oh, okay. That's not great, but. <laughs> no, it was, it absolutely was. It, it, you said it, it felt like therapy Yeah, a little bit. And it was like, it was emotional on that side of the process too, because you're literally just talking about this other person that you care about and the journey. Like that's something we haven't talked about a lot, but yes. that's one of the big like things that Josh gets you to talk about is like, well, tell me about the journey you guys have been on. And Oh yeah, well, this is when I met Zach at a coffee shop when he was a a wee little lad. He was nineteen, uh, and uh, when we hired him just as a game master, and and then you, you walk through the journey, and it, what it does is it forces you to relive that journey. Oh yeah, and and to contextualize it, and to honestly think about things. You're like, oh, I'd forgotten all about that, mm-hmm. and then Josh is taking some specific stories, some broad themes. Mm-hmm. And developing that into a game. Yes. Which is interesting because it would be interesting to just make that into a a nice written note or, but he's literally turning that into a process in its form that is supposed to challenge you a little bit. Yes. Right. But even that is, if you think about the word bear for us, that's part of the process, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I like about that is he's laying out your relationship in a journey and you're reliving the relationship accurately because there are roadblocks. There are things in your way. There are hard times. There are good times. There's the aha of the puzzle. There's the confusion of, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, And it also elegantly lays out a shorter version of what you've just lived mm-hmm. and sums it up positively. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know that Josh would make a negative game. Maybe if he was asked to, but I don't know why someone would want to make a negative, yeah. a negative thing. It was just really lovely. Really. It, it is the snowflake experience for us because it's not going to be anything else like it. Yeah. The other really cool part of this experience is we had no idea what it was going to actually turn into. No. We, yes. You, know, you, we told them everything and then I'm going to be honest. And I, I don't think I even told Josh this to a degree is that when I expected this, I did not know pricing. I did not know anything about it other than the experience and what I had been told by Josh when I met him and a little bit, I looked on his website originally when we first met and 
you know, and they made it clear, like, hey, when we got closer to our game being finished, they started doing some social media stuff, and they're like, hey, like, I'm posting it, just make sure you're okay with it. Uh, don't look at it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to look at it. So, but I, you know, when we were talking about all this stuff, and before we actually had conversations with them, I was like, I think this is just going to be, like, an experience that we just tell them things we like, and they'll be in it. Like, they'll be themed into it. And now I'm going to make the joke, but, like, oh, I like bears, so there's going to be a puzzle with bears in it. Or, like, I like playing Catan with Jared, so Catan's going to be in it. Yeah. Or I like this anime, so anime going to be in it. Like just, just almost you have like no collaboration. Idea. You're just like, oh, I think it's going to be a bunch of collaboration of things I like in puzzles. Right. But it turned out to be more about the experience. And like, like I said, the first time we had the actual like talks with Josh, I realized how different this game was going to be. You brought up a huge point that we need to touch on. It's not hodgepodge. Yeah, it's not. Like, I think that's the, and that would be easier for, the creator to do right. Like here's a bunch of things you like and some, no, it is this beautifully woven articulated for us story. Yes. That was metaphorically meaningful to us, but the way that it flowed puzzle to puzzle experience to experience was not cheapened by random interests. Yes. He did his work. Yeah. He, he dug a deep, hole into our stories and didn't just, you know, plant some stuff on the top and call it a day. Yeah. It was way more than that. The man's an archaeologist. I think that's what I'll leave it at. That's so good. I'm so glad you said it. I'm sorry to jump in there, but I was like, yes, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it was so personal and, you know, like it wasn't hodgepodge. And I think that was the great part about it. And I, I explained this a little bit in our likes section earlier on in the first section, but the other part that was so enjoyable about this experience that I think is very applicable to other things is that, you know, we're talking about how much they, they are made it like architecturally made this experience for us. And I love how in the story of ours and with the, the bear and the captain and all that, like one of the interesting things I learned from the creator is that it's not, it, like I said, it was made for other people to be able to potentially play it or for you to apply yourself to, in more ways than you thought. Yes. So as an example, cause I'm going to be very honest about our game, you know, there's Ted and there's captain nag, and then there's some side characters, but mainly those are the two important characters in the story. Uh, Ted is growing as a, as a character and trying to become, you know, a bear and, you know, become his own, you know, captain, stuff like that. And then there's captain ag. Who's kind of like, I'm going to give you tasks and I'm going to see you try to grow. And, you know, there's gonna be some trouble, but you know, like a mentor figure, right? Like you think, but when we were talking about it, I was like, Oh, I saw myself only as Ted. Like when we played the game, I was like, oh, I'm guessing I'm Ted and Jared Zag. And then when I talked to the creator and I actually realized after the full experience is that I could apply myself to either. Like it's not, and especially with where you go in life. And I think it was one of the important parts of my conversation with Josh. And I, I feel like I've talked about this very openly with Jared lately and with some of the people actually at our escape rooms is that I felt like I being 19 when I first met Jared in our journey. Jared was very much my mentor and he has been since, and it's been really awesome to have that. But very recently we've had some employees that I feel like I've started to become more of a mentor for them. And it's the funniest and scariest realization that you go like, you know, one day, like one of the employees, um, so you'll meet some of these people actually in the future, potentially. But one of our employees was talking to us about some stuff and, you know, he was asking for advice essentially. And I gave him an answer that was essentially something that Jared had told me four years ago and I never forgot. 
And it was really weird to have that moment and go like, oh my crap, or oh my crap. I'm going to say, oh my crap. <laughs> oh my crap. Um, OMC, man. OMC, man. <laughs> I'm literally ag now, like in my own way. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, mind you, you can apply yourself in life to that. Like, you know, everyone in life, you are Ted. You are someone who is still growing, trying to find your way in life. And you think you know it all, but you don't. And you, you're working towards that, but you're excited for the future and the change. And then, you know, also in life, you are ag. It, you know, it's not like you're stuck in one role. You're right. not a mentor and you, you don't grow anymore. It's not like, I'm going to put it this way, and I know Jared will love this uh, analogy or reference, is that you don't just become Iroh and Iroh's perfect. You know, mind you, Iroh is a perfect character. We love Iroh. But Iroh- You're talking about- uh, Avatar. Lazar, yes, Last Airbender, yes. Last Airbender. Iroh, when you meet him- is the most mentor person you're going to meet. And he's perfect character. Anyone who says anything about him, I'm going to roast if it's a bad thing. <laughs> Actually, he'll just roast you um, with his power tenfold. Uh, anyways, so you meet him and you're like, yeah, he's a mentor character. Very clearly, like has a lot of advice. But you also see him change. Yeah, you do. As well as him learn things. And you're like, well, he's Ted in the story of our game sure. sometimes. Mind you, not as much as he is Ag, because yep. there's other characters that are involved. But you realize in life, you're not stuck to one role either. You're Absolutely. not, you're not like, mind you, you can relate to one of those easy. Like for me, I relate more with the Ted in our story in terms of like our relationship with the relationship with Jared and I, you know, I, he is more the mentor figure in, in my life and I'm more the person trying to grow, you know, I'm 26 and I'm still trying to find my way and, you know, you're not also a big thing to everyone here listening. I know most people who listen to our show are a lot older, so I'm, I feel like I'm preaching to a choir that already knows this. So please don't bully me. Um, <laughs> but, Cause that's what our community right, they're does. Bully, they're, they're, I feel like yes. the bully Zach, um, but you know, like. Yeah, no matter how old you are, you, like you are still growing and you're looking for things to do and and to experience things and you don't have to feel such so stuck in one of the roles and apply yourself either way and be the tetarag and yeah, it's it's really cool to, you know, someone who is my age, like I don't know what I'm looking for still. Like and I think that's the big part I was kind of leading to is that, you know, no matter how old you are, I think as you get older you realize you still don't know everything you're wanting in life. I definitely don't. It's definitely and ever and it's funny because when you're younger you go like, oh well like he's like 34 or <laughs> hey they're like 50. You know, my parents know exactly how everything works and and is perfect and knows how the like and then you get older and you realize like Oh, they're just me, but with like 20 oh. more years of experience. Oh, crap. They're a human being, too. Oh, crap. Jared doesn't 100% know. <laughs> oh, what he's my doing. crap. This oh, is. Oh, my <laughs> crap. Yes. So, preaching to the choir of all the old people that, uh, but you know, I'm 26, but I don't have everything figured out. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's funny because I have, you know, some friends or people that I, I talk to, some or coworkers that are like, yeah, he's old. You know, I'm 26 compared to a lot of our employees that are uh, in the 18 yeah. to uh, like 23 range. But yeah, you keep growing. And I think that's one of the coolest parts in life. And the, the, the amazing part about the journey that is life is that um, there are many experiences up and down. But the things you get to learn along the way, as well as how you get to grow are unforgettable. Yeah. And, and just wrapping up this section, I hope this has been a weird section for us because we're talking very personally about ourselves. Yes. But I think that's evidence of the response that a game like this can elicit. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to, in addition to getting our feelings out in a very healthy way, which stay tuned for next episode. It's important and it just shows what this creator was able to do. And I don't want to waste any more time. We hope that you've enjoyed this very different toned episode from us, but we really want to get you over to meeting Josh 
and hopefully you, the listener, getting to experience something that he's made personally for you one day. So we're going to wrap up our second section, Puzzles to the People, questions for creators coming at you next. There are some awesome people who make the puzzles we love to solve. This is Questions for Creators. Hey everyone, Jared here. And if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that Zach and I love to test our skills as private investigators. We've done this for local police departments, federal agencies, and we always seem to catch our bad guy. But one of our favorite companies to do that with is Unsolved Case Files. They have a really great product. Their game works through envelopes. Every time you solve part of the case, you open another envelope and you get to dig into even juicier and deeper details until you finally figure out what's going on. They have a great online input system for their answers. And of course, as we always talk about, a great hint system to complement it when you get stuck and you're looking for that extra nudge. Personally, we love these games because they tell great stories. Those stories have great twists and the connections that you are making to solve the case lead to those super satisfying aha moments. Me personally, I like these games because they're what I call one sitting games, which means they take about an hour to two hours and you don't have to worry about a cliffhanger ruining it if you want to get all the way through it. You're getting an entire story, an entire game every time you play an unsolved case file games. Currently, there are eight of these games out there. You can find these games at unsolvedcasefiles.com. And just for being one of our listeners, you can get 15% off by using the code PUZZLE15, all one word, PUZZLE15 at unsolvedcasefiles.com. Well, welcome back to Puzzling Company, your home for at-home puzzles and mysteries. We are now here in the third section of the show that is questions for creators. In this section, we get to talk to the amazing people who contribute and build the games we get to play. On the show, we get to have the amazing Josh. You've heard a little bit about Josh in our first and second section. It was an honor to get to talk to him, and we are excited to get into that conversation very quickly. So tell us your name. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then your background in the board game or puzzle game world. Hi, I'm Josh. First, thanks so much for having me. It's exciting to chat with you a bit more today. My background in the puzzle world, I think it comes in a few forms. One is I've always really enjoyed board games and tabletop games. I lived in San Francisco for a few years, and one of my housemates grew up playing tons of games with his family. They had a bookcase with hundreds of games. And with his first paycheck, he bought about 15 fun, nerdy games for our house that I'd never heard of at the time. Things like Terraforming Mars, um, Concordia, all these great games that opened my eyes up to this, wow, there's this really cool and nerdy and fun world of board games. So I have a bit of a board game background. I played my first escape room in college with friends. It was a fun bucket list adventure we did. I think the place was called Escape New Haven in New Haven. And it was a group of 12 of us, which now I would say that's too many people in the room. But at the time, it was this fun, exciting experience where we did all these things and discovered a second room. And it was everything for the first time. And it was so magical and so much fun. And I think what I've always really enjoyed, both about board games and about escape rooms and really any other form of experience like it is just the feeling of being lost in something and forgetting all the worries from yesterday, all the hopes and plans for tomorrow. And that sense of play and really flowing with the experience and being in your body and out of your head, and especially sharing it with friends and family and people you love and being able to talk about it after and reminisce about it many years in the future. So I've been hooked on board games and escape rooms for the first ones I've done. And it's this really yummy, special, magical feeling of, wow, this is so much fun. And I feel like I'm lost in this new world that I've entered. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the origin story of Oats Unboxed? Yeah. So I think it's been at least a five or six year journey when I look back and put all the pieces together. I studied computer science in college, and then I worked as a product manager at different tech companies afterwards. And I really enjoyed thinking about hard problems and working with really strong cross-functional teams and building, building things and applying the latest and greatest design thinking practices. And I also found myself wanting something more meaningful and intimate. When you're designing something for thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people, it's really cool and you get to meet some of them. And day to day, it can feel more isolating because you're not really intimately knowing and meeting and seeing the effect of what you build for the people that it's ultimately for. So after about three and a half, four years at my first job in tech, I quit uh, with nothing lined up next to take some time off to travel, recharge, to move from the Bay Area then to New York City, where I am now, and ultimately figure out what was next. That happened to be 2020. So there were some curveballs and things played out in different ways than I expected. And one thing I found my way into at the time was I thought, oh, I have some cool ideas for board games about things that are really that are really important to me, like health and wellness, like the environment and sustainability. What if I built a game around these things that would be fun to play and would teach somebody something memorable and useful in the process? So I started designing some board games, um, totally serendipitously and unexpectedly. And after about a month or two, I realized, wow, this is really hard. Designing a well-balanced, fun game is very difficult. And then getting people to learn about it and want to play it is also even more difficult. And especially as a one-person team, maybe there's a world where I could really get this done. I think I'm a bit out of my depth for now. And I've enjoyed the things I've learned doing this for the month or two. And I'm going to put this on the side for now. And then I wound up working a different job as a product manager, reuniting with some people I'd worked with in my previous role. And I spent about a year and a half working that second PMing job. While I was doing that, I was really introspecting and working with different mentors and coaches in my life to understand and articulate for myself what kind of work would most light me up and tactically, how can I create that for myself and make it happen? And eventually I honed on a pretty clear belief that designing meaningful, intimate, small-scale experiences for people is most what I wanted to do. And there are many forms that could take. So I quit that job that was May of this year, May of 2022, to give myself the gift of some time to start working on my own projects and see what stuck. So I knew there would be a range of experiences I wanted to try. There were some different gatherings and events I put on. There are different workshops and activities I've outlined and hope to produce in the future. And I think I view it as a spectrum that at one end, there's work I want to do about growth and development, helping people overcome obstacles that I've had to overcome the hard way, like finding meaningful work, recovering from chronic pain, learning how to be human and embracing the full range of human experience and emotion. These are things that nobody offered to me in a really gentle, structured, fun, playful way. There were things I had to chase after myself and learn the hard way and ultimately find people that I'm grateful to have in my life now who have offered a lot of wisdom. If I could design experiences that were accessible for people where they could learn what it means to really allow themselves to be sad or angry or learn this is the science of chronic pain. And yes, you can recover from these headaches that have plagued you for many years. One day I would love to build those kinds of experiences. The, I guess the foothold and entry point that I've had so far is that alongside designing some of those things, I also started making gifts for friends. There was a friend who had a birthday and I bought her a few gifts and this was right as I was putting my job. And I thought, oh, you know, it'd be fun if I lock these gifts away 
and she had some puzzles to solve in order to then receive her gifts and, and, and win and have some fun. And she, I slapped on a story at the end to justify why her gifts were locked away. She loved it. And when I told my friends about it, they all thought it was the coolest and the funnest thing. So I made another one for another friend's birthday. And then I made a similar experience for two friends who got married and brought it to their wedding and they loved it. And each time I made one of these and would tell other people, they were so intrigued and captivated and thought it was the most special thing. So I just kept going one step at a time. And with each box and uh, experience I made, making it bigger and higher fidelity and taking the things I learned from the previous ones. And pretty organically that grew into people starting to reach out to me to say, it's my anniversary coming up or it's my parents' birthday. Can you help make an experience and a gift for them? That would be really special. And then those people started telling their friends and family who would reach out to me. So in a way, this whole journey has been premeditated in that I very deliberately gave myself the time and the financial safety net and a plan for how can I get my own projects off the ground that really light me up and make work feel like play. And also in a way, it's been very organic and free form in that I've found where the traction is, which is with these puzzle experiences and these small scale intimate gifts. And I've leaned into that and focused on it and just gone one step at a time, progressively taking it to the next level with each one. So Josh, you talked about your personal experiences. Can you actually go in a little bit more detail or if, if you're open about it and talking about why you decided to make these experiences and kind of how your life story and stuff has kind of inspired you to make these very personal gifts? Oh, for sure. I love talking about this. If there is anyone who can learn from my experience, I'm always happy to offer that gift and to save mm -hmm. somebody time and money and years and pain. So my experience is in toward the end of college. I, I love playing team sports and mm -hmm. I play, I try to play something, whether it's pickleball or tennis or frisbee or volleyball or basketball pretty much every day. And I was playing sports a few times. I hit my head once playing basketball, thought, oh, this will be fine. Uh, and then I played soccer a few days later, did a header, which hit my head again. I was like, oh, that didn't feel great, but I'll be fine. I want to keep playing things. And I played basketball again and bumped into somebody's chest. I think each of those impacts on its own would have been fine because they took place within a few days of each other. I think I was in a more vulnerable state and it ultimately led to what we think was a concussion. So I had to spend a few weeks just um, minimizing stimuli, not playing sports, being in a dark room. And the weird thing though, is that once I, I had recovered yet, I still had these chronic low level headaches. So like a one or two out of 10 constant tension headache, mm -hmm. as if there were something constricting and squeezing my head. And it didn't prevent me from living my life. I still moved to the Bay Area to start my first job. I started and worked a job for three and a half years. I would do things on the weekends. And at the same time, I gave up a lot. I stopped playing sports, which was one of the things that brings me the most joy in the world. I withdrew a bit from my social life and wouldn't go out as often because often I'd come home with a headache and just wanted to rest. And it was really tough those four years being in pain and going to neurologists and different doctors and practitioners and looking for answers, what is wrong with me? And being told things like, oh, we don't fully understand the brain or the lining in the brain is very sensitive or something might be out of place. And in the worst cases, I would be prescribed medication or surgery. In the best cases, uh, options like physical therapy, which are solely body-based practices were, were suggested. It was a journey on my end to move from these physical modalities to then moving more toward mind-body practices like meditation, for example. And that opened up a whole new realm to my life where I could look more into my emotional experience and learn to see the pain more clearly. 
to accept that this is what, what is happening and to offer myself kindness instead of resisting it. I have often found that resistance is like one of those finger traps where the more you pull away, the tighter the grip gets. Whereas mm -hmm. if you can kindly and gently meet it and offer it love, that's ultimately how you free yourself from it. Practicing meditation and going on retreats and working with a teacher were really helpful in terms of broadening my view and ultimately coming more to accept the pain. What the biggest game changer for me was discovering a biopsychosocial model of pain, which is something I didn't discover until four or five years after the headaches had started. And a biopsychosocial model of pain says that chronic pain, so this is pain that has gone on for several months or longer without a clear physical cause, is not solely a physiological phenomenon, but also your thoughts, your feelings, your relationships, your environment all contribute collectively to the brain deciding whether or not a pain response is helpful. Hearing this offered by medical doctors and discovering folks like Dr. John Sarno is one person who pioneered this and he's written a few books and there are a few movies and documentaries about him. So discovering people who have followed in his path and speaking with a doctor who said, yeah, I think you probably had a concussion. There might be a small physiological component to the pain you're experiencing. And it's likely that it's 95% or more the psychosocial aspect of it. And from there, I started working with a psychotherapist who is trained in the school of thought too, that pain is a biopsychosocial phenomenon. And within about six to nine months of working with him, I recovered from the pain pretty much entirely, which was something incredible and shocking to me that I could have been in constant pain for four or five years. And within six months of tuning into my inner world, the pain magically faded away. I think the gist of what I learned, and I can speak more about this if you're, if it would, if, if she'd like, is um, I held myself to this unrealistically high standard of perfection mm. that, and in particular, that I, I couldn't be flawed, that I couldn't make mistakes, that even emotions like envy and anger and sadness were in some way bad. And if, if I felt those things, that meant I was a bad and selfish person. I also had this notion that I had to constantly be attuned toward what people in my life, whether it was coworkers, family, or friends were thinking or feeling, and to modulate my behavior accordingly. So not as to displease somebody else. And I realized that I was largely getting in my own way, that there were relationships in my life that would benefit from boundaries and more communication. And that anger, sadness, envy, these things are beautiful parts of the human experience and that Crying and experiencing sadness can be a wonderful gift to offer yourself. And these aren't bad things. They are what it means to be human. And to say no to any of these things that might seem bad or seem like no lows is also to say no to even the joys and the highest highs of your life because you can't selectively decide what emotions you're going to feel. So in many ways, the therapist being one, other coaches in my life, the past two or three years for me have really been a journey in allowing myself to be human and embracing the full spectrum of the human and emotional experience. So the, the reason why it's really important to me to make these personal and, and intimate is when I look back on my life, there are moments, escape rooms and puzzle experiences being one where there's this really wonderful sense of immersion and flow and also connection with other people in my life. And what inspires me as somebody who designs experiences is intentionally creating those moments for other people. And in that sense, the most important thing to me about the gifts I offer, it isn't necessarily that they're puzzle experiences. It's more that they're vessels for allowing two people or more to connect in a really deep and vulnerable way. So the North Star I shoot for is, can I create an experience that makes the person or people receiving it 
feel like the best and most seen and most cared for versions of themselves that it reflects back all the wonderful things about them? And can I also allow the person who's gifting it or the people who are gifting it to feel incredibly awesome too, that they help design and create and inspire this beautiful thing that is an ode to someone else? Josh, can you tell us about the journey of Odes Unboxed, kind of the highs and lows of it, what you've learned from the journey that you've been on so far? What's funny is that the jobs I've had as a product manager have always been products and services that help small businesses and entrepreneurs. So in a way, I always had a window into this world. Granted, it was removed one of what it is to be an entrepreneur. Now that I am one who is a solopreneur building something from scratch and getting off the ground, I have so much respect and admiration for all the people who decide I want this thing to exist in the world or I'm going to take this business and grow it. It is very rewarding and fulfilling. It feels amazing to take something from an idea to refine it in my head and build it with my hands and then ultimately see it in somebody else's hands and see the smile on their face or hear about the great experience they had. And that emotional connection and that excitement is what propels me and keeps me going. And it is also very difficult. It is very hard to make a great product, to handle all the logistics and the legalese and all the accounting and administration work around it, and to make sure the word gets out and that people know about you and how to find you. It's, it's wearing a lot of different hats and it's a lot to juggle at once. I think the things that have gone best, on a personal level, it has felt very fulfilling. And for that reason, I know I'm on the right track. And this is something I plan to keep doing and exploring and giving myself the gift and the chance to grow. I wake up most days with a smile on my face, excited to keep starting new things and taking the ones in progress and bringing them closer and closer to being ready. And that feels like a really good place to work from. It's also incredibly meaningful to hear when people receive the gifts. Wow, Josh, this was the most amazing thing ever. Thank you so much. This was far and away beyond all of our expectations. It feels really nice to know that I was able to offer that kind of gift to somebody. I think people really enjoy how personal it is. Not only that the everything is personalized to them with photos, names, details, but more that the concept and the whole story is created custom just for them. It's really a gift that could only be received by the people or person who it's designed for and also only given by the person or people who had commissioned the gift because it is a reflection of their relationship, this person's take or um, the meeting that they have with this other person and how they how those two lives have intersected over the years. I think some of the things that have been harder are a lot of times this is a surprise experience. So setting expectations so that somebody feels empowered and excited to go through this thing that they didn't know was coming rather than feeling, say, blindsided or pressured is a delicate balance. There are increasingly ways, and I've learned how to signal that this is going to come, for example, by dropping things early, saying, stay tuned, uh, like maybe a riddle and something that's locked and basically knows the effect of there's more to come, stay tuned and make sure you're free and ready on this date. Part of it too is talking through, often in, in most cases, it's one person commissioning a gift for another. And that person is plugged into all the details of the experience and effectively is game mastering the experience when it's delivered. and. Talking through with that person, just make sure you attune toward how the other person is feeling, what their energy is, what it seems like they're in the mood for. Just keep that in mind and don't force this thing to happen in a way that you envision in your head or in one sitting. Just really be open to adapting and remember that this experience is ultimately for the person who's receiving it. 
Josh, can you tell us a little bit about the future of Odes Unboxed? You can talk as much as you want about it or as little, but we are excited to hear what you have in store for the future of it. I think there are a few different directions I could see this going in the future. One is taking the kernel of this idea and growing it. I see this more as offering people meaningful and hands-on experiences than it is that this is a puzzle or at-home puzzle company. I think puzzles and these kinds of boxes are a really cool way to bring something to life and to use your hands and really immerse yourself in this new world. And I think there are adjacent and analogous experiences that could ultimately deliver the same outcome and the same feelings of feeling seen and having fun and connecting with other people. So I could see building, I guess, a library or repertoire of different experiences and different moments that somebody could could have in their life, whether it's connecting with a romantic partner, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with people at work. I could see offering different services like that where Maybe a lot of them do involve puzzles. Maybe there are other kinds of experiences. Maybe some get you out into the real world. Maybe some are more like board games. Maybe, I don't know, it could be anything. Um, all intended to deliver the same feeling of, I feel really seen, I feel cared for, I had a lot of fun, and I feel more connected with the people around me. So one direction I could see it is growing this kernel of an idea, both for the personal romantic friendship context, also potentially one in a professional one with, with coworkers. I think. The other main direction I could see this growing or it could become the next project I work on once this is more settled and into a rhythm that I can step away from a little bit more would be, I mentioned I see a spectrum of experiences that there are these ones that are mostly or entirely about play and whimsy and fun and connection on one end of the spectrum. And on the other are the harder things like overcoming obstacles that are more about growth and development and transformation. I see those two things as very much related. I, for example, in the experiences I make that are about play and whimsy, ideally people are realizing new things about themselves, or maybe they're overcoming even the smallest of obstacles in some small way. And, and similarly, in the future, I want to take the things that are hands-on and fun and the moments people laugh and all those threads and what I build now, and weave that into the kinds of experiences that help people overcome really difficult and real challenges in life, like recovering from chronic pain or finding meaningful work. And if there were some form, I don't know if it would be a retreat or a workshop or a class you take, something that puts you as the hero at the center of your journey, where you have a very coherent and thoughtful and fun experience where you can learn the science of chronic pain and discover different resources and allies and mentors in your life so that you could take something that's not only confusing, but also scary and not fun and really make it as fun as playing a video game or a board game where you where you want to go to the next level, you're pulling the content and you're having a great time. Long-term, that is very much what I want to do. I want to weave these two things together, the transformation-oriented work with the fun and play and whimsicality of going to an escape room. And a question we ask everyone, what are some of the games you've been playing? If that's at-home games, if that's board games, video games, card games, escape rooms, whatever you'd like to shout out that you think other people should play. Sure. Oh, there's so many. One that I am still playing, I've not yet finished, is Light in the Mist. And I am so mesmerized and touched and blown away by it. I think it does a fantastic job of having a rich story and a lot of different emotions and feels baked into it. And you can tell how much care and vulnerability and thought went into it. And I really enjoy that aspect of it, as well as that the puzzles serve the story and they bring the characters and the moments to life. 
So I've been blown away and have really loved and been touched by Light in the Mist. Some other experiences I love, Box One was a lot of fun. I won't say more, but it was really fun. And (laughs) Soup was one of the first ones that I played and I had a great time. I really enjoyed the puzzles. It was the personal touches and the details were really touching too. Some of my other favorites, uh, board games, Wingspan, I've been playing pretty much once every week for the past few years. And it's something I often play with my twin brother and his girlfriend. We have a weekly routine where we play Wingspan together. We just got into Arc Nova, which is a game about um, building a zoo and you're uh, putting animals into your zoo, working on conservation projects. So that's been really fun. And probably my other favorite experiences lately are Bodeborg and Level 99, which I discovered at Recon, the Riavi Escape Convention that was in Boston a few months back in August. And I loved how they brought escape rooms and puzzles and obstacle courses and sports and video games and all these different things into this larger than life experience and they are both so much fun and i would highly recommend them thanks so much for having me zach it's been such a pleasure designing for you and being here today you can folks can find me at odes unboxed o-d-e-s-u-n-b-o-x-e-d.com you can check things out there and feel free to get in touch if there's anything i said today that resonates with you i'm happy to chat more about it and if there's anything that you want to make happen in your life Everything I do is bespoke, so I'm all open to all sorts of unconventional and half-formed and non-traditional things. So feel free to reach out if there's anything I can help you make happen. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an honor to get to talk to you and to get to play Odes Unboxed and ours specifically, Bear. If you are interested at all in an Odes Unboxed game, which you totally should, you can go to their website, which is odesunboxed.com. That is odesunboxed.com. Dot com. On there, you can see the different puzzle boxes. You can get some questions. You can join their wait list and kind of get in contact with Josh. If you'd like to support Puzzling Company, there are a few different ways you can do that. First, you can go to our Patreon and become a Patreon subscriber. We'd super appreciate it. You're going to get new content when it comes out, especially going into the next year. Um, but also, you know, you can get access to our Discord as well as kind of get content early. In terms of other ways you can help out Puzzling Company, you can go to our social media, which is at Puzzling Company on Facebook and at Puzzling Company on Instagram. Give us a follow there. You can get new posts to see when new content is coming out as well as when new episodes have been posted. And finally, the last thing you can do is go to wherever you listen to this podcast. If that's Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, you can go there and leave us a five-star review. We would super appreciate it. And that's actually going to wrap up this episode of Puzzling Company. It's been an honor to get to play Owns Box. We're very excited about it. But next week's episode is going to be a little bit different. We have had a great year for year two of Puzzling Company, and we're excited to get to talk about our year-end episode and tell you what's coming in the future. For Jared and Zach, this has been Puzzling Company. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Puzzling Company and online at puzzlingcompany.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep puzzling. Shift Cassette Studios. This has been Globe Media Network Podcast.